And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with miss attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ. And comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Although, actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Money Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, I'll present the conclusion to Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden from 1949. Then we'll rock it off into the future for a 30th century adventure with Commander-in-Chief Buzz Corey and his young sidekick Cadet Happy on Space Patrol from 1952. With me, as always, is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hey, Carl Amari. What's happening in Hollywood? Well, Taylor Swift is in the news. Not shocking. I like her. I, I would date her. Would you? Yeah. I'm surprised. She's tall, but I definitely, you know. I, I didn't know I'd, that. I'd stand on a uh, on a, a crate. Uh, something. Anything. Alan Ladd used to have to do that, stand on a soapbox. I'll do that. I bet. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Um, she's getting back to her side gig. Now, if a regular gig wasn't enough... Do you know yeah. what her side gig is? Um, I don't know. She creates greeting cards. No yep, way. Yeah, she writes them. So here's the maybe thing. she'll send me a you know a hey want to go on a date greeting card. Right. I mean maybe she's listening and this might be Taylor, just the thing. I would accept a uh, proposal to go on a date with you. Yes. Okay. What well, what about a proposal? You I thought yeah. maybe you were gonna say marriage. Yeah, definitely. That too. So a few years back, she launched a greeting card mobile app. Uh-huh. Okay, so now she's got gre- actual greeting cards available online and in all papyrus stores across the U.S. and Canada. You know that store? I have heard it's of like them. Paper yeah. goods yeah. and uh-huh. things. Um, so these cards sell for up to seven ninety five each. That's which is a little bit pricey. Yeah. But she does donate a portion of proceeds to charity. Yeah. And I have to say they're beautiful. Yeah. Um, I've seen some of the cards. Um, they have you know, bling and that this girl are, they're does very artistic. Is, she's just uh, great. At everything she does. And what she says is she's always been fascinated by feelings and how we express them. So this is her oh, wait way a minute. of she, doing that. Wait a minute. Yeah. This might not work out because she's romantic. It sounds like Oh, it. no. This is yeah. not going to work between so, her and I. You know, maybe you could teach her a few things. Because I, ha- I, I do not have a romantic bone in my well, body. Well, maybe you're open to learning. But, you know, if I read a bunch of her cards, maybe I would feel something. Right. You know? Yeah, maybe she's just the one to touch you. <laughs> I meant that emotionally. Right? I mean, you never know. All right. Well, anyway, um, that's interesting. She's going to go into the card business. Well, she already is, but right. it's expanding. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Yep. All right. Uh, you ready to tune in to the conclusion to Our Miss Brooks? We yes. started this last time. Let's go back to January 16th, 1949. This is called the Student Convict Day. Here's Eve Arden in Our Miss Brooks. Sometimes you sound like a walrus caught in a Turkish bath. <laughs> I did call Miss Brooks. Mrs. Davis says she wasn't home yet. 
Poor woman. She's had dinner on since six. She's terribly worried about her stewed tomatoes. Please stop sniveling about Mrs. Davis's tomatoes. We've got our own tomato to worry about. <laughs> Please, dear, calm down a little. Here, have some fruit. It's very good for the nerves. I don't want any fruit. Oh, that's probably Harriet now. I'll answer it. I must lose my temper. I must be calm. <laughs> Hello. Osgood. You're talking in a banana. No wonder with the house all cluttered up with fruit bowls. Hello? Is that you, Harriet? No, Osgood. This is Margaret Davis. Oh. I've just had a call from Miss Brooks. You have? Yes, Osgood. Harriet, Walter, Denton, and several of the other students are with her. Oh, well, thank heavens. Tell me, Margaret, where are the children and Miss Brooks? Jail, Osgood. Fine, fine. You see, Martha, I told you there was nothing to worry about. Miss Brooks and the children are all in jail. Martha, take this phone out of my hands and put back the banana. Here are the prisoners, young fella. You may talk with them, but don't try to pass anything through the bars. Oh, thank you. Why, it's Mr. Boynton. Hiya, Mr. Boynton. We've been framed. About that luncheon date, I don't think I can make it. <laughs> what is all this, Miss Brooks? Haven't you heard? We're celebrating Student Convict Day. <laughs> we were only doing our duty as public servants, but Mayor Rimson must have forgotten to notify any of the other authorities. Yeah, we raided some racketeers, and the next thing we knew, we were in the pie wagon. Well, they, they have no right to hold you here. Oh, officer. Officer. What is it now? Why, there, there's been a mistake. Please open this cell and let these people out of here. Oh, let these people out of here, is it? Well, yes, it just happens that I've had quite a bit of legal training in addition to my biological background, and I can tell you that you have no legal basis upon which to hold them any longer. Good for you, Mr. Boynton. That's telling him, Mr. B. And furthermore, I'm sure you don't want to get into any trouble. Oh, I don't, don't I? Tell him you'll have him pounding a beat in the swamp. Uh, if you persist in this belligerent attitude, you're liable to be pounding a beat in a swamp. That's done it. I knew you'd see it my way. At last, Mr. Boynton, just you and I and the children. This is absurd. I don't belong in this cell. Now behave yourself. yourself. Behave yourself or I'll put you in solitary. Oh, there you are, Connie. Where's Mrs. Davis? I would have been here sooner, but I just had to stop at the mass meeting. What mass meeting, Mrs. Davis? Oh, Mr. Boynton is with you. How nice. Uh Please, Mrs. Davis, we've got to get out of here. Now, if you'll only see... Everybody in town was there, Connie. And I told them what you said to me on the phone about student government day being run all wrong. Good for you, Mrs. Davis. Now maybe we'll get some action. Where's the Brooks cell? <laughs> the line forms on your left. I also told those parents how you said that if you had been running Student Government Day instead of Mr. Conklin, there wouldn't have been so much dunderheaded bumbling. Uh, bumbling? Oh, hello, Osgood. We were just talking about you. Anybody want to buy a used teacher's license? <laughs> well, I guess I'll be running along. Now that Mr. Conklin's here, I'm sure there's nothing further to worry about. Miss Brooks, how could you... Why did you have to... When were you... Oh, please, ever... Mr. Conklin, remember your blood pressure. It wasn't Miss Brooks' fault, Daddy. Don't blame her. And you, Harriet, in prison. How could you do this to me? 
My own flesh and blood. If you've got his blood, Harriet, you better watch your pressure, too. <laughs> Quiet, gentlemen. Miss Brooks, it's my painful duty to inform you that you are under suspension for conduct unbecoming a teacher. Have you anything to say in your own defense? Yes, Your Honor. I'd like a new trial. <laughs> on, uh, on what grounds? On the grounds that I'm not doing so well in this one. <laughs> well, we'll discuss that at the proper time. Meanwhile, you children remain here in Mr. Boynton's charge until I can arrange to have... Mr. Boynton? <laughs> Hello, Mr. Conklin. What in the world are you doing here? I'm just visiting, Mr. Conklin. One of those guests you just can't get rid of. <laughs> well, we'll see all about this. I'm going straight to Mayor Rimson's office. I'll handle this matter personally. Oh, but what'll I do in the meantime? With a little luck, 30 days. <laughs> Well, you've done a lot for me, H.J., but I can't understand why we're dumping this slot machine deal. Because it's too hot, Mayor. Besides, our cut ain't big enough. Also, the people are up in arms. The people? What do they know about it? Ed, I'm surprised at you. What do my initials stand for? H.J., Honest Jim. I'm the people's friend, Ed, and we got an election coming up. We can't afford to let the people get upset, or the first thing you know, they'll start thinking for themselves. And then where are we? Okay, Jim, okay. I'll have the jackpot company get rid of those machines right away. No, I've got a better idea. Ed, you're going to make yourself a hero with every parent in this community. Huh? You're going to let the kids do this job, the kids who were elected to public office for this one day. Wonderful, Jim, wonderful. I'll call all my department heads and I'll tell them the students holding office that I have complete authority. Fine, Ed. It's democracy in action. That's what it is. Yes, sir. Democracy in action. <laughs> and Mayor Rimson is solidly behind it. Until, Until after election. Which one of you is Mayor Harriet Conklin? I am. Step out, please. Now, which one of you is Chief of Police Denton? Oh, that's me. Come on out. I've had orders to release the both of you. Oh, but what about Miss Brooks and myself? Sorry, my orders didn't say anything about you two. But I insist that you release them immediately. Quiet, Walter. Orders are orders. And now, once again, here is our Miss Brooks. Well, in spite of everything, Walter and Harriet got us out of jail promptly. And that wasn't the only thing Student Government Day accomplished. The racketeers left town almost immediately. In fact, the very next day, Walter took me out to the jackpot warehouse for a last look at the place. Pretty deserted now, isn't it? Yes, it is, Walter. Let's go in and see if they've cleaned out the slot machines. I'm going to look around in back, Miss Brooks. Go ahead, Walter. Say, here's one of those nickel machines. <laughs> what a racket. Naturally, two lemons and an anchovy. <laughs> if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Crime does not pay. Tune in to another Our Miss Brooks show brought to you by Palm Olive Soap, Your Beauty Hope, and Luster Cream Shampoo for soft, glamorous dream girl hair. Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden, is produced by Larry Burns, written and directed by Al Lewis, with music by Wilbur Hatch. Mr. Boynton is played by Jeff Chandler, Mr. Conklin by Gail Gordon. 
Others in tonight's cast were Jane Morgan, Dick Crenna, Gloria McMillan, Helen Spring, Hans Conried, Hal March, and Herb Bygren. For mystery liberally sprinkled with laughs, listen to Mr. and Mrs. North, the exciting, pun-packed adventures of an amateur detective and his beautiful wife. Tune in Tuesday evenings over most of these same stations and be with us again next week at the same time for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Stay tuned now for Lum and Abner. Bob Lamont speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting And that's Our Miss Brooks from January 16, 1949, with Student Convict Day starring Eve Arden. Also in the cast, we had Richard Crenna, Gail Gordon, Jeff Chandler, Jane Morgan, Gloria McMillan, and Hans Conried with Vern Smith doing the announcing, sponsored by Palm Olive Soap and Luster Cream Shampoo, as heard on CBS. Let's take a break, then it's more here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Are you a fan of classic radio? Shows like Abbott and Costello. What's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time. Well, the- Gunsmoke. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Inner Sanctum. This is your host to welcome you in through the squeaking door. Fibber McGee and Molly. What day is this? Oh, no, let me see. This, dearie, is our 15th wedding anniversary. And many more. As a thank you for listening to this show, we want to give you 10 of the best classic radio shows of all time absolutely free. Just log on to Hollywood360radio.com to get them today. You'll receive complete episodes of Sam Spade, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Suspense, Abbott and Costello, Inner Sanctum, X-1, Gunsmoke, Our Miss Brooks, and Lights Out. Just log on to hollywood 360 Radio. And receive your 10 free classic radio shows today. That's Hollywood360Radio.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. Lisa Wolf to my right, Mike Costello to my left. That's the Hollywood 360 team. I want to remind all of our listeners that we have a website where you can go and check out all kinds of stuff about this program, including a podcast of the four-hour program, plus a bonus hour. So if you miss any of our Hollywood 360 show each week, just go to Hollywood360radio.com. You can podcast and hear the show. We also have our schedule there, tons of pictures of Lisa. We have a store which has uh, hundreds and hundreds of radio shows available on CD and digital download. It's all at Hollywood360radio.com. Okay, it's time now for Space Patrol. It was a science fiction adventure aimed at juvenile audiences of the early 1950s via television, radio, and comic books. The success of the TV show spawned a radio version, which ran from 1950 to 1955. The same cast of actors performed on both shows. The writers, scripts, adventures, and director were mostly the same between the radio and TV incarnations. The stories followed the 30th century adventures of Commander Buzz Corey, played by Ed Kemmer, of the United Planets Space Patrol, and his young sidekick, Cadet Happy, played by Lynn Osborne, as they faced nefarious interplanetary villains and diabolical schemes. Not surprisingly for the time, some of these villains had Russian or German-sounding accents. Commander Corey and his allies were aided by such futuristic gadgets as the miniature spaceophones and atomolites. 
Space Patrol enjoyed great success as one of radio's most enjoyable juvenile science fiction adventures and is still fondly remembered today. Well, we have a radio episode for you now of Space Patrol. This is going back to November 15, 1952. It's called The Queen of Space. That's you, Lisa. You're the Queen of Space, right? I'll take it. And this stars Ed Kemmer. Here's part one of Space Patrol. Wheat checks, rice checks, and good hot Ralston present Space Patrol! <laughs> High adventure in the wild, vast reaches of space. Missions of daring in the name of interplanetary justice. Travel into the future with Buzz Corey, Commander-in-Chief of the Space Patrol. In today's transcribed adventure, Buzz and Happy have just entered a spaceship in Neptune City spaceport in search of a traitor against the United Planets. They pause in the open hatch a moment. He may be up forward tampering with the controls. Wrong guess, gentlemen. Commander, look out! Stay where you are, cadet. Oh, yeah? Cardo, put down that gun. Don't try to get to your feet, Commander. You'll get what the cadet got. What are you doing in this ship? Preparing it for its last voyage. There's an explosive hidden aboard. Time to go off two hours after blastoff. And you, my friends, will be aboard. Commander Corey, Cadet Happy, and Tonga, Assistant Security Chief of the United Planets, are on the planet Uranus to investigate a series of accidents that have occurred to passenger ships. In the chart room of the Space Patrol office, Buzz is briefing Happy and Tonga. You two have made a lot of flights between the outer planets, so I don't have to impress on you the tremendous distances involved. No, sir. And you know that here in Uranus, we're outside the orbits of seven of the ten planets of the solar system. And yet we're barely halfway between the Sun and Pluto. That's right. Now, everyone realizes that the companies running freight and passenger ships between Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto are working under handicaps. Yeah, the long hauls cut down on their profits. Right. A freighter could make 16 trips from Earth to Mercury, for example, while other freighters make only one trip from Neptune to Pluto. But that doesn't explain all these accidents on the outer planet runs. No, it doesn't, Tonga. At least not entirely. Unless... Unless the companies are cutting down on safety checkups to save money. Robbie and I thought that was the explanation at first. However, it's a pretty short-sighted company that would cut corners on inspections, especially when it keeps losing ships like Spaceways Incorporated. Now, one good thing, no passengers have been lost. No, not yet. It's our job to find out what the trouble is before any human lives are sacrificed. Well, from the reports, Spaceways Incorporated have had most of the accidents. Yes. Of course, they are a new concern. They haven't had the experience that trans-orbit lines have had. Commander... Isn't Transorbit operated by a woman? Yes. And she's a very capable manager, according to all reports. Her name is Jelna Fenton. Well, I thought Transorbit just handled the uh, inner planet surface. Yeah, they did until recently. But now they have half a dozen ships on the runs between Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. Have they been having trouble, too? A little, but not nearly so much as spaceways. Now, our regular space patrol inspectors haven't been able to find the source of the difficulty. So we're going to do a little undercover work. That's where you come in, Tonga. Yes, Commander. You'll pose as a writer for a magazine, gathering material for a series of articles on living conditions on the outer planets. Good. Then I can make trips from planet to planet without arousing suspicion. Yes, and we'll give you a chance to observe conditions around spaceports and watch the personnel. What do you and I do, Commander? Well, for the time being, we'll just make routine inspections of space patrol bases and keep in touch with Tonga. How do you want me to contact you, Commander? Use your miniature space phone. Keep it with you at all times. I will. And don't use it when there's anyone around. When do I start? Immediately. There's a spaceways passenger ship leaving Uranus for Pluto in the morning. Be aboard it. Right, Commander. Happy now, blast off and Terra the Fifth a few hours after your ship leaves. 
I got your message, gentlemen. What's up? You can cancel that trip to Merck, Ricardo. You're staying here on Neptune. What about that spaceway ship I was supposed to, um... Fix. I've already arranged it. Oh, what happens this time? Does the oxygen reclaiming unit give out? No, we won't use that one again for a while. I've got a better one. Yeah? What? The orbit computer. It's been tampered with, but it'll give the wrong vector. Oh, that's not so serious. Oh, isn't it? On a run to Pluto with a full passenger list? You know how little reserve power those spaceway ships have. Hey, that's right. They'll run out before they can get back on course. Unless they get a spaceophone fixed from space control. They won't be able to. Halfway to Pluto, their spaceophone power unit will fail. <laughs> few more accidents like this and nobody will get aboard a spaceway ship. Which means that Transorbit will have all the business. I've sure got to hand it to you, Jolene. At first, I thought you were crazy to take on these outer planet runs. I mean, it would have been crazy if we were merely going to be satisfied with a few crumbs that spaceways didn't want to be bothered with. If you keep on, Jolene, you'll be known as the Queen of Space. The Queen of Space. You know, Cardo, I think I rather like... We're on vector, sir. Yes. You know, that's the fourth time you've checked in the last half hour. We're on automatic control. Well, gee, sir, a guy has to do something to keep busy. We're still 10 million DUs from Pluto, and I've read every tech manual in the ship. Imagine having to make this run every day, Happy, on a freighter. Oh, no, thanks. I'd go crazy. Tonga calling Commander Corey. Tonga calling Commander Corey. Maybe she's getting bored, too. <laughs> Corey here. Go ahead, Tonga. Commander, something's wrong aboard this passenger ship. Well, what's the trouble? Where are you? I'm in my private compartment. I think the ship is off course. Happy, get a fix on Tonga's signal. Yes, sir. What makes you think you're off course, Tonga? I overheard a couple of the crew members whispering. They don't want to alarm the passengers, but I know the steward is very worried. Well, how could the ship get off course? Oh, I don't know, but I heard the steward say that the ship's space phone is out of commission. Does anyone aboard know you've got a miniature space phone? No, Commander. I've got a fixer. They sure are off course by nearly 30 degrees. Did you hear that, Tonga? Yes. And they must have been off for some time. There are thousands of DUs from the regular space lane. Now, Tonga, listen. I could space phone the correct course to you to give to the pilot, but that would mean somebody would know you're a space patrol agent. Of course, if the ship is really in trouble... I don't think so. At least not yet. Well, then, Happy and I'll change vector and come close enough so that the pilot will pick us up on his viewscope. He'll naturally follow us. And you'll lead the ship to Pluto. Oh, just a minute. Got the position charted, Happy? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, they're about here. Tonga, you're much closer to Neptune than to Pluto. These outer planet ship line operations don't have too much reserve power. We'll lead you back to Neptune. All right, Commander. We're changing vector now. We should be in view scope range in about half an hour. To go out and mingle with the passengers. Contact me if any serious trouble develops. Right, Commander. Corey out. Well, Happy, what was it you were saying about this Pluto run being boring? Let's take a break from Space Patrol. We'll have more after these words. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Now let's get back to Space Patrol. Here's that schedule of Spaceways flights, Jonah. Most of them are inward bound from Pluto. Mm, Spaceways Common is due this afternoon at Neptune City Spaceport. Leaves for Neptune's moon tomorrow morning. That doesn't give us much time. True, but it might give us a fine opportunity. How do you mean? With a short haul to the moon coming up tomorrow, chances are the maintenance crew won't do much work on the ship. Yeah, that's right. They'll wait till he gets back, unless there's something that needs immediate attention. All right, Cardo. Keep an eye on the comet when it comes in. After that long run from Pluto, the pilot and the rest of the crew will probably head for town for a good time. Yeah, you're right, Jolene. Say, I wonder how that other ship's making out, the big passenger job. 
Right now, the pilot's probably discovering he's millions of DUs off course and with a low power supply. But don't start making any inquiries, Carter. Don't worry. I'll wait for the official announcement. Another Spaceways ship lost. Do you think they see us, sir? We ought to. They show up strong enough in our view, Scott. Well, I hope the pilot has sense enough to follow us. He'll probably be very glad to, Happy. I'm going to change vector now. Watch the screen and see if he follows us. Yes, sir. How about it, Happy? I think he's got the idea all right, sir. Tonga calling Commander Corey. Corey here. Go ahead, Tonga. I'm back in my compartment. Everything's all right. Good. Does the pilot know we're headed for Neptune? He just made an announcement through the public address system. We passengers have been told that the ship is making an emergency landing in Neptune. There's no panic, I hope. No, we've been assured that it's nothing serious. There's a lot of grumbling about the delay, but nobody's alarmed. Well, find out all you can, Tonga. I'll arrange to meet you when you land on Neptune. Jelma, something went wrong. What do you mean? That ship that was supposed to get lost in the run to Pluto. Well, what about it? Just landed here on Neptune, of all the rotten breaks. But the orbit computer did fail, didn't it? Yes, but a space patrol ship happened along and the pilot followed him to Neptune. Did you say happened along? Yes. Apparently, the space patrol ship didn't even know the passenger ship was in trouble. At least the space patrol didn't attempt to make contact. Well, maybe it's better this way. Now we've got 35 or 40 unhappy passengers. We'll tell their friends what an inefficient line Spaceways is. Next time, they'll all take trans-orbit. One thing I admire about you, Jelna, you always look on the bright side of things. How about the comet? It's working out the way you said it would. The crew headed for town for a good time, and the ship is due for an overhaul after it gets back from Neptune's moon. But it won't get back, Cardo. It's going to be blown up on the way. Blown up? Yes. You can sneak aboard tonight and plant an explosive in one of the aft compartments. I suggest the emergency rations compartment. Suppose they check the ship before blastoff. It isn't likely they check the emergency rations before a short trip to that moon. Especially when there's a major overhaul coming up in a couple of days. I've got it all worked out. The explosive will be in a regular emergency ration. I've looked all over the spaceport, Commander, and I can't find Tonga. I wonder what's delaying her. She's had plenty of time to check in at the space hotel and get back here. Shall I look again, sir? And Maybe she's over in wing B. Oh, here she comes, Happy. There, she sees us. Let's move over here behind these pillars. Remember, Hap, don't call her by name. Commander. What did you find out? The orbit computer and the ship had been tampered with. So had the space phone transmitter. So somebody wanted that ship to get lost. Yes. And I picked up a very interesting rumor about who might be behind it. Who? I've been talking to some of the Spaceways employees. They think Transorbit is trying to run them out of business. Well, that's a serious charge. Do they have any evidence? No, but I heard a certain name mentioned... Uh, Brox Cardo. Brox Cardo, huh? Yes. Cardo works for Jelna Fenton of Transorbit. And what's Cardo supposed to do? I couldn't learn anything specific, but I get the impression that Cardo would do just about anything. Transorbit's main offices are here in Neptune City. Happy, maybe you and I can check up on this Cardo. Yes, sir. And Tonga, the best thing for you to do is go ahead with our original plan. You mean go on to Pluto? Yes. When is the next passenger ship leaving for Pluto? Spaceways hasn't any scheduled until day after tomorrow. But there is a trans-orbit ship leaving tomorrow morning. And take that one. Oh, and by the way, this might be a good time to start gathering material for those magazine articles you're supposed to be writing. Oh? See if you can get an interview with Jelna Fenton at trans-orbit. All right, Commander. In the meantime, Happy and I'll check up on Brock's cardo. Uh, 
We'll slow down a little, Happy. We don't want Cardo to suspect we're trailing him. Yes, sir. He's heading for that spaceship. Yeah, that's the comet. Just got in from Pluto this afternoon. See, it's a beautiful ship, isn't it, sir? Yes, it's the pride of spaceways. Hold it, Happy. Cardo's getting in the ship. Yes. I'm very curious to know why a transorbit employee is snooping around a spaceways ship. What do you suppose he's got in that box he's carrying? Suppose we find out. Come on, Happy. He's been in there a long time. Up the ladder, Happy. Let's find out just what he's up to in there. Which way, sir? Look up forward. He may be tampering with the controls. Wrong guess, gentlemen. Commander, look out! Stay where you are, cadet. Oh, yeah? Otto, put down that gun. I'll try to get to your feet, Commander. You'll get what the cadet got. What are you doing in this ship? Preparing the comet for its last voyage. What do you mean? There's an explosive hidden in the aft compartment. Time to go off two hours after blast-off tomorrow. But there'll be passengers aboard. Yes, I know. It looks like there'll be two extra passengers, Commander. The cadet and you. At the Neptune City spaceport, Commander Corey and Cadet Happy entered a spaceship to apprehend a suspected saboteur. The saboteur, Brox Cardo, attacking Buzz and Happy by surprise, put them to sleep with a ray gun. Now heavily bound and gagged, they're locked in a compartment in the spaceship in which Carter was planted an explosive, time to go off two hours after the ship blasts off for Neptune's moon. Meanwhile, following Buzz's instructions, Tonga has called on Jelna Fenton, head of the Transorbit Space Lines, in her office on Neptune City. To obtain information, Tonga is posing as a writer for the Inner Planets Weekly Magazine. You have given me some very interesting facts, Miss Fenton. I won't take up any more of... Jelna, I... Oh, excuse me. Oh, it's quite all right. I, I was just leaving. This young lady's writing an article about us for the Inner Planets Weekly. Well, that's, uh, that's fine. Thank you again, Miss Fenton. Goodbye. Goodbye. And I think you're very wise to take a transorbit ship to Pluto. Thank you. <laughs> girl's not much of a space traveler. She was on the ship that got lost, frightened her to death. That's all? Now I am glad that ship got here safely. She'll write up her horrible experience on a spaceways ship. And give Transorbit a nice plug. Yeah, swell. Now, what I wanted to... And I managed to work in that line of yours. You know, calling me the Queen of Space. Oh, of course, I did it very modestly. Sure, Jolly. But listen, I planted the explosive in the comet, all right. Oh, good. Did anyone see you? Yes. Commander Corey of the Space Patrol. What? Don't worry. I took care of him and his cadet both. They're locked up on the ship. When the ship blows up tomorrow, they'll be... Wait. Thought so. She was listening. Who? That girl, the reporter. Well, do you think she heard us? We've got to find out. Come on, Cardo. We'll follow her and see where she goes. If I could only get my hands free. We've got to get loose, Happy. There's a bomb aboard this ship. Cardo set it to go off, and the ship's about halfway to Neptune's moon. I'll untie your hands. Thank you, sir. I don't know how we're going to get out of this compartment, but we've got to. Well, when somebody comes aboard, maybe they can hear us pounding on the door. Possibly. This ship is heavily soundproof. Can't even hear the roar of the rockets when... I wonder. You mean, maybe we've already blasted off? It could be. Listen. No. I don't hear anything. There's no telling how long that ray gun put us to sleep. If we're in flight now, that bomb may go off any second. Well, let's try banging on the door. All right. Hey, open up. 
Open up. Anybody out there? Open up. Oh, wait a minute. Do you hear anything? Yes. Hey, somebody's heard us. Hey, Tonga. Commander. Happy, are you all right? Yes, Tonga, but how did you know we were here? I overheard Carter tell Jung. Oh, so we haven't blasted off. Obviously not. Now we got to find that bomb and get it out of the ship. Yes, sir. Commander, I think Carter and Jelna are after me. They may think so, Tonga, but as a matter of fact, we're after them. As soon as we fix that bomb, we'll be on our way. Let's get at it, Happy. I can carry the bomb, sir. It's not heavy, huh? Are you sure that's the right box? Yes, Tonga. It's the only one that was hidden in the emergency ration storage compartment. Yeah, you can tell by the weight. This box is twice as heavy as the others. Happy, you and I'll take this bomb to the Space Patrol emergency officer here at the spaceport for detonating. And we'll all meet later at gate 7. Yes, sir. Tonga, while we're doing that, you call Neptune Unit Space Patrol headquarters and alert them to pick up Cardo and Jelna Fenton. Look, there they are. We're too late, Jelna. That girl set them loose. Why didn't you give the commander and that cadet another blast with a ray gun? It would have kept them unconscious till after the comet blasted off. Well, what difference does it make now? The girl found them. Makes a lot of difference. Commander won't lose any time in getting out an alarm for us. Uh, what do we do? Well, let's get to our ship and blast off. We've got to get off Neptune. Yeah, we got to get off Neptune before Corey has a chance to alert the space patrol. Oh, wait. Girl's leaving and coming this way. Get out of sight before she sees us. I'd like to really fix her. Never mind the girl. Wait a minute. It might be a good idea to take her with us. What for? Don't be an idiot. You've got that ray gun, haven't you? Yeah. Then get her. With all these people around? Come on. If we handle it right, nobody will notice. Just have that gun ready. Now, Cardo. In a hurry, miss? <gasps> oh, why, Miss Fenton. What a nice surprise. You're not half as surprised as you're going to be. This is a ray gun on your back. Now come along quietly. Get moving out toward the ship's... Tonga's not at gate seven, Commander. I know, and she won't be. What? She never did call headquarters. I just checked. Tonga's not in the habit of disobeying orders. But, but what happened? Jelna Fenton's own private space cruiser just blasted off. I got the report from space control. Well, sir, do you think she has Tonga with her? That's what I'm afraid of, Happy. Get to our ship. We're going after them. I've got the ship on vector for Saturn, Jelna. Put it in full acceleration. We've got to get plenty of distance between us and Neptune. Yeah. How's the girl? Still locked up in the compartment. Oh, I found out who she is. Yeah? Who? Tonga, assistant security chief of the space patrol. Oh, that's not good. Why? This could mean plenty of trouble. Oh, and I suppose you don't think we're in trouble now? Tonga can help keep Corey off our necks. Yeah, but will she? Save her own, sure. Besides, we don't care whether she cooperates or not. Jelma, look, the rear view scope. Ship. It's coming right toward us and gaining every second. Jelna, they're after us. Now, don't get excited. Calm down. It's a space patrol ship. It's Corey. So much the better. Relax, Cardo. Relax. It's a private cruiser, sir. Yes, with a transorbit trademark on it. It's Jelna Fenton's ship, all right. And we're sure gaining on it. They must know they're being followed. They don't seem to be doing anything about it. Turn on the spacephone, Happy. Yes, sir. This is Commander Corey aboard Terra 5 calling Jelna Fenton and private cruiser N-56. Corey to Jelna Fenton. Cruiser N-56 to Terra 5. Go ahead. Return to Neptune immediately. You're under arrest. Really, Commander? Is Brox Cardo aboard? Brox Cardo? I never heard of him. This is an order, Miss Fenton. Return to Neptune immediately, or we'll have to use force. It's very interesting, Commander, but I don't think you will. You wouldn't want to risk harming your assistant security chief, would you? So you have Tonga aboard. That's right, Commander. I suppose you think I'm bluffing. No, Jelna. 
I believe you. Not warning you. If you harm Tonga in if any way... If you don't want her harmed, then I suggest you just go about your own business and leave us alone. Goodbye, Commander. Jella, listen. Tonga calling Commander Corey. Hey, Tonga's still got her miniature spacephone. And she's on her private frequency. Go ahead, Tonga. Commander, I'm aboard Jelna Fenton's private cruise. I know. Happy and I are right behind you. I just talked to Jelna, and she refused to return to Neptune. I've tried to get out of the compartment, but, but I can't. It's locked. Well, listen, Tonga. Right now, Jelna has the upper hand. If we join airlocks with her ship, she'll carry out her threat to harm you. Well, she'll have to land sometime. Yes, but that still doesn't help your case. Where is your compartment? Amidships, on the starboard side. I'm going to try something, Tonga. Maybe a little risky, but in the long run, you'll stand a better chance of getting away. Anything you say, Commander. Whatever you do, don't let Jelna know I've talked to you by miniature space of phone. Yes, sir. Obey their orders exactly. Corey out. Happy while I put on my spacesuit. Get me an atomic torch. Atomic torch, yes, sir. Hurry. I'll pull up close to Jelna's ship. right off our starboard. Now, I guess he doesn't believe we've got Tonga aboard. But if he starts anything, he'll find out soon enough. Corey to Jelna. Corey to Jelna. Going to talk to him? Yes. What is it, Commander? I want to be sure Tonga's aboard. Don't you trust me? I want to see that she's all right. Well, that's fair enough. Cardo, go bring Tonga up here so the Commander can see her. Oh. Keep pulling in closer to Jelna's ship, Happy. We're nearly touching now, sir. I'm going to keep back so they can't see that I've got a spacesuit on. You know what to do. Yes, sir. As soon as you tell Jelna that you see Tonga, I let our ship drop back a little, and you go out the airlock and jetpack over to Jelna's ship. That's right. Turn on the spacephone, Happy. Well, Jelna, have you got Tonga? Let's see her. Uh, yes, Commander. She's right here at the nose port. Don't you see her? Yes. Are you all right, Tonga? Yes, Commander. Now, are you satisfied, Commander? Just see that you don't harm her. Then get your ship away from here. Cut it, Happy. Okay, sir. All right. Drop back now. I'm going out the airlock. Be careful, sir. Uh, Corey's pulled his ship away. Good. He finally got some sense. I was afraid for a while he was going to connect airlocks. Would have been just too bad for Tonga if he had. I'll take her back and lock her up again. All right. Never mind. I'll take care of her. Corey! Commander! Don't reach for that gun, Cardo. Cardo! Send me your arm, Miss Fenton. Let go of me, Tonga. Let go. Then stop struggling. Drop it, Cardo. All right. You ask for it. Now, just stay down there. How did you get aboard, Corey? Doesn't the spacesuit give you a hint? I came in through the airlock. I triggered the latch with an atomic cutting torch. Tonga, you can let go of Miss Fenton now. I've got her covered. Yes, Commander. We'll lock them up after I contact Happy. Commander Corey calling Cadet Happy. You made it, sir. Right, Happy. Tonga and I have got Cardo and Miss Fenton. She seems pretty unhappy. I suppose she's disappointed because there won't be an article about her in the Inner Planet Weekly. Uh, well, tell her to cheer up, sir. There'll be a nice long one about her in the next Space Patrol crime report. <laughs> <laughs> And now for a preview of next week's exciting Space Patrol story. Buzz and Happy are climbing the face of a steep cliff on the planet Saturn in pursuit of a criminal. At one side of them, a great waterfall thunders down 1,000 feet to the valley below. Colgar must have reached the top, Commander. I don't see him. It's amazing. He went up this cliff like a mountain goat. It's sure hard to get a foothold. Look out, Happy. There's a rock falling. Smoke and rockets. Oh, that was close. 
There are more coming. Best close to the side of the cliff. Hey, it looks like the whole top of the mountain is coming down on us. That's Colgar's work. He started a landslide. And it's coming down right on top of us. What are we going to do? Be sure to be with us next Saturday for the exciting story, The Giant Bubble, when Wheat Checks, Rice Checks, and Good Hot Ralston again bring you Space Patrol! This is your commander, gang, with a story about the warriors in your bloodstream. Do you know what they are? They're the white blood cells, and they're warriors against disease. When a person is sick, he often needs a whole extra army of these warriors. That's just one reason why it's vital to have a big supply of blood in hospitals. Will you help me remind grown-ups that America needs more blood donations? Then join the Space Patrol blood boosters. Uh, Don't wait. Join today. Space Patrol, an original Mike Moser production starring Ed Kemmerer as Commander Corey and Lynn Osborne as Cadet Happy was written by Lou Houston and directed by Larry Robertson. Other players were Nina Berra, Virginia Hewitt, and Norman Jolly. Dick Tufel speaking. Now, don't forget to tune in next Saturday and every Saturday when Wheat Checks, Rice Checks, and Good Hot Ralston again present the new exciting Space Patrol. And be sure to see another exciting Space Patrol program on your local ABC television station. Consult your newspaper for time and channel. Space Patrol comes to you transcribed from Hollywood. This is ABC Radio Network. And that's Space Patrol from November 15, 1952, with the Queen of Space starring Ed Kemmer. Also in the cast, Lynn Osborne, Nina Barra, Norman Jolly, and Virginia Hewitt. Sponsored by Ralston Serials, as heard on ABC. Let's take a break, then it's more here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Are you a fan of classic radio? Shows like Abbott and Costello. What's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time. Gunsmoke. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Inner Sanctum. This is your host to welcome you in through the squeaking door. Fibber McGee and Molly. What day is this? Oh, no, let me see. This, dearie, is our 15th wedding anniversary. And many more. As a thank you for listening to this show, we want to give you 10 of the best classic radio shows of all time absolutely free. Just log on to Hollywood360radio.com to get them today. You'll receive complete episodes of Sam Spade, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Suspense, Abbott and Costello, Inner Sanctum, X-1, Gunsmoke, Our Miss Brooks, and Lights Out. Just log on to Hollywood360radio.com. And receive your 10 free classic radio shows today. That's Hollywood360radio.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Well, next time, Dick Powell stars as Richard Rogue on Rogue's Gallery Good Detective Adventure. Then it's part one of the Phil Harris and Alice Faye show from 1948. Lisa Wolf, Mike Costello, and I will be back on our next show. Hope you'll be with us.